Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Volume. What up, y'all? It's Tiva from Snaps, presented by FanDuel. Now, we're a college football show, but... I'm a massive NBA fan. Now, I'm a Pelicans fan, which could be a trying existence at times. And well, the news about Zion's been no fun lately, but whatever. I love the NBA, right? And if you love the NBA, there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. But why, T-Bob? Well, the app is safe, secure. It's easy to use. Uh, FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and you know stuff going on all the time. Uh, when you win, very importantly, you get paid fast. And FanDuel has lots of ways to play, okay? Spread, money line, over-unders, totals, player props, individual same-game parlays, multi-game parlays. It's all there with the live betting. It doesn't matter if you're running up late. You got your party late. You're hanging out with the fellas, the girlfellas, whatever the point is. Live betting, I mean, you can jump right in. You can bet with your friends, and you too can be cheered for these same things. So what are you waiting for, okay? Download the FanDuel app today, and let's start to make every moment more with FanDuel. Promo code SNAPS. 21 or older in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369-NY. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG. Colorado, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342, Arizona. 1 888 789 or visit slash chat in Connecticut. 1 800 9 with it, Indiana. 1 800 522 4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org, Maryland. 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Or visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. everyone what up uh, i hope you're having a great day it is wednesday march 8 2023 this is snaps uh presented by the volume sports network we're here at youtube.com slash the volume also wherever you get your podcasts and uh we're very happy to be here i am hyped up today uh shout out greg hendrix in the chat look forward to this show every day hell yes greg that's the stuff we love to see thank you so much man um, if you enjoy the show, a couple great ways you can help us hit the like button. Uh, if you sign up for FanDuel, use the promo code SNAPS. And uh, really, you know, on the podcast front, rate it, review it, text your friends about it if you like it. We're a college football show. I'm one of your hosts, T. Bobby Bear, joined as always by QB1. He's got that beautiful volume hat on. Aaron Murray. Aaron, what's up, man? Yeah, I got the beautiful volume hat on because my dumbass, uh, somehow when I was picking up my kid yesterday, 
opened the door and slammed it into my forehead. That's when you know like the fatigue factor set in. So like right right there. Oh there. You need me to yeah, yeah wait, yeah. what are you talking about? I was about to yeah. say you literally pointed to the opposite side of your forehead. Yeah. Uh you like, need me to beat like that like kid's ass? Uh, yeah, okay. Some little, little two-year-old walked by and like slammed the door on my head. So yeah, dude. Uh, sounds like you yeah, got jumped. Hey, you need me to Joe Mixon him? Okay, that's a bit of an uncouth joke. But have you heard wow. the latest Joe so Mixon aggressive. story? No, no, no. Sorry, I'm sorry. Wow. Okay, it sounded even worse. Okay. Whoa, like whoa, whoa. Back up, guys. Back up. I've always hated Joe Mixon ever since the Oklahoma College video, and I did not mean it in reference to the Oklahoma College video. I'm not talking about punching a kid. There's a story out of Cincinnati, no rest have been made, where allegedly some high school kids were having a Nerf war next to Joe Mixon's house. And someone out of Joe Mixon's home, maybe not Joe Mixon, fired 11 shots and shot a high schooler in the leg. Yeah. Yeah. yeah police showed up. No rest have been made or anything. Uh, we'll see where it ends up going. To be clear, I am not a fan. We call was- that the full John Morant. Uh, yes, yeah, yes, he's gone. He's gone full, full John Red. Mm-hmm. So when I said, you know, it, it's an uncouth joke. I said at the beginning, but just know that I wasn't talking about punching a woman. I was talking about shooting a child. And now okay, I'm okay. realizing, Aaron, as we get deeper into this, it's your child. So really, uh, I've messed all of this up. I meant no, no, to no, no, open it wasn't this my show. child. It wasn't. It wasn't my child who hit me. It was another child. So mad. Oh, okay, cool. My son, he needs to step it up. Go defend his father. And yep. go beat that kid's ass. That's what he needs. I to agree. Do. So we talked about last night. So we'll find out today when I pick him up after the show if uh, he did his daddy's bidding. Yeah, or we could shoot him for having a nerf war <laughs> um, in the leg. In the leg, uh, dude. Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to spoil anything. But uh, the do I actually did get in trouble in my little kid's school the other day because my daughter was holding hands with a boy. And it was on like the school feed. And so I like blacked out his face and tweeted that I was going to beat this kid's ass. And the school director called me and was like, uh, you can't do this. And I was like, you know what? I get it. I apologize, Chris. That's on me. <laughs> Won't happen again. I'll take it down right away. I felt very shamed. I, I have, you know, some lessons. Um, we're going to need you to not make jokes about beating up the four-year-olds who go here. Yeah, grown adult, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Grown adult with a radio show. <laughs> Two-year-olds, even better. Yeah. Who, yeah who's who's on the one who took the picture? Who was, it was Jay Feely. Jay Feely took a picture with like a gun with his daughter's boyfriend, I believe, too, right? And he got him some shit with CBS. Like CBS. Oh, really? She told him he needs it. Yeah, they, they did not like him doing that picture. Yeah, again, uh, maybe not. Use, maybe don't use your platform to take pictures of you threatening okay. violence against children. I know. I know, guys. <laughs> okay. Okay. It was a it was a funny joke, admittedly. Okay. And his uh, parents loved it. The little boy's parents loved it. But no, I, you I think know, they're I'm not, scared I, I, of you. I no, no, I apologize. I like p- apologize profusely to them of my own accord. I was like, look, I am an idiot. And I was like, I, 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 I'm smarter than this. Like, I don't want to expose anybody to the internet. Nobody wants to be on the internet, right? With like freaking Twitter. I, I just, yeah. So some lessons have to be learned just like Lincoln Riley, which we're going to get into today, just like the current era of college football and Nick Saban lamenting what once was, which we're going to get into today. The point is, though, I thought I was going to open the show. It's completely already gone off the rails because I thought I was going to open and talk about what an unreal episode of Mando we had today. I shirked Mm. all post-show responsibilities. I rushed over to my office. I shut everything off. And for 30 minutes, I locked into what is probably my favorite show of my entire adulthood. And it is so good this week. That's all I'm going to say. No spoilers. But it's it's I I, I stopped it and I felt like I had adrenaline going through me. Like I I, I got to bring back my four Mandalore pod at least for an episode. So check it out. Check it out for sure. All right, uh, Aaron, and we're going to get you caught up, Amanda, as well. I would love yeah. to hear your thoughts on it right. as the season right, goes on. All right, let's start uh, by talking about a team then, Aaron, that was once very close to us Uh, a team that at times united us at times divided us here on snaps Uh, for a while there we were one of the most powerful tag teams in all of college football la petite trojan boys only for you to betray me but eventually be right 
in your betrayal as you hopped off the USC bandwagon last season. I never did. It's probably one of the reasons why all my best bets finished so poorly, why I finished under 500 was a continued betting on USC. Um, never again. Or should I again? And I guess that's the question. As we look forward to next year, Aaron, and, and, and look, everybody's starting spring ball, right? LSU starts tomorrow. USC starts to, uh, started uh, earlier this week. So, like, football is in the air once again. Will the Trojans be better this year? God, you would hope so. Especially on de- I don't know if you can get much better on offense, but you would hope on defense is just a little bit better. That's all we need, just a little bit better for them. I think to me the, the the biggest encouragement obviously is Caleb. Like when you when you got a dude like Caleb and and, and Caleb Williams talking about here, the Heisen Trophy winner, when you got him, he he can mask a lot of issues on both sides of the football. And his growth from year one to year two, and hopefully now from year two to year three with the confidence, uh, I anticipate him to to be even that much better next year, which is gonna be scary. He is he is everything and more size, arm strength, athleticism, escapability, creativity, and outside the pocket. I mean, he is – when you create a player on Madden, that's what it looks like. I mean, that's that's today's – that's that's what you want for, for today's quarterback. You want the Patrick Mahomes quarterback. You want the Josh Allen quarterback. You want the Caleb Williams quarterback. The Those guys team. can make you better on both sides of the football. So will the offense be better? I, I would say it doesn't really have to be. I mean, offense could be just the same, and, and they're still going to be one of the top offenses in the country. I do think he can make them even that much better next season. It's it's on the defense, and they've done a good job this year, this offseason, hitting the portal, getting guys on all three levels, creating some depth on, on that side of the football. They just need to get four points better, five points better. It, it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a lot. You know, because you look at the games they lost last year, they were all, majority of them were within one score. So all the time, you're talking about a defense that just gets a little bit better and an offense that gets a little bit better too. And those ga- those gaps and those games automatically switch right then and there. So to me, if there's going to be a Pac-12 team to, you know, go to the playoffs, have a chance to do it, and I know it's going to be a really good Pac-12. I know, you know, you love Penix. I love Penix. I like Washington. I really like Bo Nix. But Caleb is is different. He is he's a tier one. He's him and Drake are just they're they're a one above. And when you have a guy like that, call me biased because I'm a quarterback. Like I, I always going to put that guy that team as a chance to win a lot of football games. I uh, so I I I obviously agree with a lot of what you said. Like I think in terms of this idea of uh, should USC be better? Well, of course they should, right? If you have a, an elite coach. It's, it's a lot of the same logic as we apply to Brian Kelly and LSU, right? An elite coach rebuilding a school. They go into year two. They had a ton of success in year one. You've got elite quarterback returning as well. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, they should be better. And 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 Lee Riley and Caleb Williams have a nice advantage even over uh, Kelly and company in that they've been together literally their entire career, right? He mm-hmm. also knows Lee and Riley does this is his last ride with Caleb Williams, who's Aaron just told you is – better than just being an elite quarterback. He is kind of one of those uh, rare, like, I I don't know that Lincoln Riley, he'll always get great quarterback play. I don't know that I'll have someone again uh, with the physical skill set of a Caleb Williams, or at least not like right away. Right. So he knows he has to take advantage of that guy, why they still have him. I do have some questions offensively because from what I've read, it does seem like the wide receiver course taking a bit of a step back. Um, the offensive linemen light right now. They only have 11 scholarship O linemen here in spring. So, like, you know, if if you got good ones within that 11, you're okay. But your chances of having five good ones with only 11 guys, not the best. And they've added to the portal. So, like, I have some questions offensively, but ultimately, whatever. I, I expect Caleb Williams is yeah. going to be great. Lincoln Riley is going to be great. That's fine. I don't think they – I get it what you're getting at when you say they need to get a, you know, a few points better defensively Aaron or a little better I think they need to be drastically better uh on the defensive side of the ball like if you want to talk about so Antonio Morales who's a great beat writer for the athletic covers USC he's talking about making that jump from really good to elite right how do you go from 11 wins to 13 to 14 wins and as as Antonio points out um and let's be clear that's where the expectation is this year it's harder to go from like six and seven to 11 and three or 10 and four, then I believe it is to go from 10 and 11 to 
13 and 14 wins. Like that, that, that final piece of that jump, mm-hmm. even though it's a smaller number of wins that you're changing, is harder to do than the rest of the improvement. And I think the only way that they're going to be able to do that, especially in a tougher Pac-12, which obviously the year before you head into the Big Ten, Pac-12 title has to be the main goal. The only way to do that is to fix that front seven. you got to fix the defense. Yep. No team in the college football playoff era has won a national championship ranked lower than 29th in yards per play or 31st in scoring. USC was a mind-numbing 124th in yards per play last year. Remember, we talked about it the other day. They gave up 11 yards of play to Tulane, and Tulane's oh. good, but I can't fathom giving up 11 yards of play to any team ever. How does that happen? Yeah. Every time they touch the ball, it's a first down. <laughs> like, I, I I can't even wrap my head around that you could be USC with all the resources, all the scholarships, yep. everything, and ever even feel the defense that is 124th in yards per play. So, like, that's what it is. And granted, funnily enough, the drastic improvement I'm talking about isn't as difficult as it would be elsewhere to achieve because there's nowhere to go but up. Like, you can yeah. only get nine teams worse than 124 out of 133. It's pathetic. So, like, to me, and maybe this is maybe this is um, when it's all said and done, maybe this represents just a few, like, points of scoring. But to me, yeah, they, they, they need to, this year defensively, uh, be in that top 60, be in that top 50 yeah. if they realistically want to win the Pac-12 and, and, and get to the playoffs. Well, so points per game last year, they're giving them 29.2 points per game, which is 93rd in the country. I mean, that's way down there. So I talk about making a three or four point difference of, of getting better. So allowing essentially just allow a, a field goal less. So if you're allowing to from, take 25 to 26 points per game, that jumps you into a top 55 defense. So you go from being okay. in a 90, you know, 93 to 55. So that's, that's a field goal. I mean, that, we're talking about a field goal right now. If you get a field goal better, defensively all of a sudden you're a top 50 defense around there and you pair a top 50 defense with what i anticipate to be a top three or four offense in america that team should be almost unstoppable that team should win the pac-12 that team should be competing to make it to the playoffs that's it i'm talking about a field goal being a field goal better defensively and a couple things will help that yes building on depth they did a good job in the transfer portal uh, they've done a great job when it comes to recruiting. You know, who knows if those guys are going to be able to play or not as freshmen, but it is depth that you can add to get those guys going. And then on top of that, I know everyone gives their, their defensive coordinator crap. It is year two. I mean, you know, I read the same article you did, and they, they, they alluded to this as well. Year two, everyone is more familiar with the system. Everyone understands their responsibilities on both sides. Everyone knows defensively what their gap is and how to fill it and and, and take care of that side of the football. So, between all of those, you can't tell me better depth, better kids in the portal, second year in the system, confidence because you had a pretty damn good quarterback on the other side of the football, which you, we all know if you have a quarterback like that, it's going to continue to hopefully raise the level of performance on both sides of the football. Yeah. You can't tell me that can't get you a field goal better on defense. That's all you need. I don't need so- you to be – 21 points per game. I just need 25. That's it. Go from 29 to 25. The problem is, I think on a play-by-play basis, the defense was worse than even their scoring total, right? Like, I mean, if you just look at where they rank the yards per play to scoring, and the reason is, it's what we talked about again the other day, the turnover luck. Like, they were incredibly lucky from a turnover perspective. So although they had this bad volume, they were mitigating the final score damage. But what that tells me is, like, that turnover luck, you know, the math gods come for us all. Like, it should should dissipate, which which means Mm -hmm. that that massive improvement may still have to take place. But even if it is massive, maybe it does just translate to three points on the scoreboard because you're not getting every single fumble or getting a uh, a crazy amount of passes defense turned into interceptions like they did last year. I'm not sure, though, if I believe in Alex Grinch. Now, Lincoln Riley definitely does. Uh, here's a direct quote. I don't even feel 50-50 at all conflicted about it. I have a clear vision of what we're going to be defensively, and I think we can and will. We need to take a big jump here in the next 12 months. And uh, to Grinch's favor, um, as it's pointed out, when 
Grinch went to Oklahoma. They were 101st in points allowed, 102nd in yards per play. That became 26th in points allowed, 28th in yards per play just two years later. That's a pretty good improvement. Uh, Lincoln also called up the example of Sarkeesian at Texas, where Pete Kwiatkowski, who I, I don't know if I'm actually saying that uh, correctly, the Texas defensive coordinator year one in Texas was awful. Um, mm-hmm. But year two was really good. They went from 99th to 28th in scoring, 102nd to 18th in yards per play. And so Lincoln said, well, look, Sark could have panicked. He stuck with his guy. Look what happened. The only difference between Kwiatkowski and uh, Alex Grinch is that Kwiatkowski's had top 15 defenses before. That 2018 defense that I referenced with Oklahoma, which is barely breaking the top 30, that's actually the best that Alex Grinch has done. And so we still don't know kind of what is Alex Grinch's ceiling as a coordinator. So, yeah, I think he'll be better this year because how could you not be? And I think they got some really good transfers on the defensive side of the ball we can talk about here in a second. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that I believe that he can be good enough to create the drastic improvement that I think is needed to win a very tough Pac-12. They they hit the portal hard. They got a they got a great defensive tackle from Wyoming. They got some linebackers. They got some DBs. Um, I, I'm, I got I'm some with names. They well, they got. The, I, I actually covered this kid a couple times at Wyoming. Solomon. Which Bird. one? Uh, oh, Solomon Bird. Yeah. I I I'm with you on the whole guys. Like I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't anticipate this defense to all of a sudden be a, a top defense in the Pac-12. I, I definitely don't anticipate them to have what you alluded to as the the string of luck when it comes to interceptions, but I do think they will have the opportunity to maybe not get that high of a number, but still get some pretty good opportunities to make plays, once again, because of Caleb. I mean, when, you, when I'm heading into a game, and I know i got to face Lincoln Riley, and i got to face Caleb Williams, and, and I'll, I, I mean, I, I played against teams – during my time, like Tennessee was a high-powered offense. We played them every year. And a couple of our offenses as well were like, you knew mentally, like, we got to score. We have to throw the football. I'm, I'm going to have to throw the ball 30, 40 times a game, and I may have to throw three or four touchdowns. Like, it gets into the psyche of your opponent, especially the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. So they start pressing a little bit. They yep. start trying to force in different windows. They start trying to match big play for big play for big play. So while that production level may not be – to the height it was this past year when it comes to interceptions, I do think you're still going to see a team that that does cause a lot because of the pressure they push on these other uh, teams to keep up with them. You're going to have to. You, you can't fair. go into a game versus USC and say, you know what, I think we'll survive scoring 25 points. We'll survive scoring 30 points. We're talking about the number one pick in the NFL draft next year, third year in the system with one of the best offensive minds in the game, with a ton of talent around him, they're going to get theirs. They're going to be averaging around 40 points per game. So as an offense, you're thinking, I got to match, once again, match that production. I start forcing it. Defense is going to get theirs. They're going to get some turnovers. So, um, but it's no, still, I mean, look, they're not, they're not, they, they, they're going to need a cut. They're going to need, which is unfortunate. It's going to take a couple cycles before you see the big jump. But last year, the focus was offense. Last year, focus offense in the portal. You got the quarterback, you got the receiver. This year, the focus, you know, they still got some dudes on offense, but a little bit more on defense. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU. Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting edge tech products, are pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. 
Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This March, take your first shot at college hoops with the FanDuel Sportsbook, and you get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200, y'all. That's right. You bet just $20 on your bracket, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, when you use the promo code SNAPS. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to point spreads that 5 versus 12 seed matchup that you've been eyeing. And guess what? It's all an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There is no better place to bet the tournament than the FanDuel Sportsbook. Sign up today by going to FanDuel.com snaps and make every moment more with FanDuel all tournament long. 21 or older in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369-NY. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG. Colorado, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia. 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342, Arizona. 1 888 7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1 800 9 with it, Indiana. 1 800 522 4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org, Maryland. 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Or visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Yeah, look, I I, I think that um, it's all going to come down to the front seven, you know? Uh, if, if you look, so Greg Hendricks in the chat said, their line looks really small compared to the SEC. So I would push back a little bit against this because I don't think the USC offensive line looked out of place at all. In fact, we just talked about Voorhees at the combine the other day, right? The O-lineman that tore his ACL. And then how much you do? Like 39 reps on the bench. That dude mm-hmm. is a giant. Uh, and, and so like I, I remember the first time I turned on USC film last year, I fully expected to be like, God, this offensive line is just so shitty looking. But I came away being like, okay, that's like the O-line was the reason I originally became a petite Trojan Mm -hmm. boy. They were big. They were Mm -hmm. experienced. 
But then I got to the defensive side of the ball, and the front seven looked like the Colorado team meeting. It was awful. Now, one thing they've done, as you said, Aaron, they've really committed to it, and they brought in some very exciting names. And and unlike last year where the guys that they were bringing in were guys who had not started previously, you're not just talking about guys that have started elsewhere, but you're talking about big all-conference performers. Uh, they you, you So they got uh, uh, to play linebacker, a position where I have – loudly made fun of them because they had a 6'5", 200-pound Mike. They brought in Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State. This is a guy who is second team mm-hmm. all Big 12. Um, they brought in Jack Sullivan for, from Purdue who had five and a half sacks for the Boilermakers last year on that defensive line. They brought in Arizona defensive lineman Kean Bars. He was a second team all Pac-12 last season. Uh, they brought in Anthony Lucas from Texas A&M who was one of those five stars in that Vaughn yep. Texas A&M class. So so they have brought in guys that are without a doubt uh, improvements over what they had previously. And now the question is, can Grinch get the most out of them? Something that you again, you've seen improvement. He did good in those two years getting better at Oklahoma, but like there's still nothing to really hang your hat on for knowing if Grinch can get it done. But at least he will have somewhat more to work with this year. But here's the deal. If they can do it here in year number two, Aaron, if they win the Pac-12, they go to the playoff, the year that they're heading into the Big Ten, well, all of a sudden you are talking about a potential, you know, the witnessing of potential rebirth of a dragon, right? Like yeah. like a slumbering giant that since the early 2000s has just kind of bided its time and lazily sat on its hoard of gold because if he's suddenly getting celebrities back involved and getting the buy-in back in and the money's flowing in, well, USC won't just be good. And obviously the Big Ten revenue, right? Like USC won't just be good now. They could be back to being uh, where they were for with Pete Carroll for, for years potentially. It just... So much rides on this final season with Caleb Williams. It's it's a sleeping giant, you know. It, 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 we I remember when Kirby took over at Georgia. You know, Saban said the same thing about Georgia: sleeping giant, the recruiting base, the school, the resources. USC's like that. It's a blue blood, man. It's it's one of the biggest brands out there. I mean, when you think college football, you think Alabama, I think Texas, I think USC, and I think Ohio State. And all of a sudden, you're, you're giving those kids on the West Coast a reason to stay in California. I mean, they're, they're, the Southeast has done really well because there's great talent in the Southeast. There's great talent in Florida. There's great talent in Georgia and Alabama, Louisiana. But they have been able to go out to the West Coast in California and entice kids to come to the Southeast and get them to yeah. Price Young's perfect example. Now, all of a sudden, if you have a reason to stay in the West Coast because of a USC, you get to play big-time football games. You get to be coached by one of the best coaches in, in, in all of college football. You get to make money on the West Coast there in a major market in, in LA. I know they don't love college football, but there's still opportunities there. Yeah. It's 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 a reason to stay home. Like I would if I if I lived in California and I grew up in California, I would die to play at US, USC or UCLA. Mostly USC. Why the hell would I go anywhere else? It is one of the biggest brands out there. So what? Yeah. You don't want to come they, down to Baton Rouge and deal with like 105 degrees summer days just dripping wet with humidity where you're in the shade i was ready 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 to commit to ucla before my dad said that he wouldn't um you know it'd be a little bit tough on my mom and him to make that trip every week to the west coast to watch me play i mean it is you know it's 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 beautiful it's incredible well you just wanted to hang out with rick neuheisel uh, which I yeah, understand. It seems like everybody yeah. wants to hang yeah. out with Rick Neuheisel. He mm-hmm. seems like the coolest dude ever. Um, so the potential for USC is massive, I feel like, is where we're landing. Uh, yep. I I think the defense is going to be improved. As we sit here, you know, this is before spring. All these opinions are liable yep. to change. But early March, I, I, I don't think USC is going to be able to get it done in the Pac-12 next year, actually. Uh, I, 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 I think Washington? the – I mean, how do we feel about Oregon, dude? I'm kind of uh, feeling a little Dan Landing Oregon action. Washington. No. Mm. I, I'm, I'm USC Washington. That's it. I think Washington with what they got back on offense. The no Utah. We're just disrespecting Utah. Well, well, Utah is without their starting quarterback. For, yeah, it's tough for to know season. until we know when Cam Rising's coming back. Yeah. Cam wait, Rising's wait, wait. Hold out. on. Wait. What did I miss? I thought Cam Rising was back. He tore his ACL. 
And he tore his ACL in one of the final games of the year. Yeah. After the Pac-12 championship? Utah Utes Cam Rise reveals injury. Will he be ready for the 2023 season? Um, Oh, it's during the Rose Bowl. He tore his ACL in the Rose Bowl. Ugh. January. So, so say January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. That's eight months. But I mean, can so, we not yeah. agree? Are we but are we not guilty of just being super disrespectful of not even mentioning Utah though when they've been? No, the I think that's the only reason why I'm not mentioning like, that's the only reason why I'm not mentioning Utah is because of Cam Rising and the potential of him missing significant time. I mean you I look, mean, at, I you look think- at Utah's you look at look at Utah's start to the season. They got versus Florida. Uh, then they go on the road to Baylor. Fourth game of the season is UCLA. Like I just then they're middle of the season USC. So I mean the goal is I mean is he going to be back by October twenty first? And then how healthy is he going to be? How and part of his game is is movement and and running and making guys miss. And you're going to tell me a guy that's nine months out yeah. of surgery from the ACL is going to be able to compete toe for toe, which he did last year with the number one quarterback in the country. I just it, it's. I, I root for him. I like him a lot. I love. I, I, did you just call Anthony? Did you just call Anthony Richardson the number one quarterback in the country? Hell yeah, Can dude! I, I knew we'd get you there. Yeah, you said compete with. Yeah, you said compete toe to toe with the number one quarterback in the country. You're talking about Florida, uh, Utah last year, right? When Cam Rising and yeah. and Anthony Richardson put on that show, you going back and forth. That that's what you were talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Um, what about Oregon State, says Andy J. Oregon State, look, that's what I like about the Pac-12. There's a lot of good teams. Washington State was uh, much improved last year. So those are both teams that I think are good. I don't know that they would be championship good yet. But look, I've got a lot of Pac-12 study to do. Like, I, I really need to study Washington because I love Penix, and that's going to be my Pac-12. Fa- I'm going to be a fan of Washington next year, and so i got to figure out how I really, really feel about them. You know I gotta, You know I got to watch? You know what i got to do here? Huh? Watch the tape. Watch the tape. I gotta watch the tape. Watch. Dude. How no. am I supposed to know until I watch the tape? Hey, will it? Will this so, be the most entertaining year for the Pac-12, and unfortunately, most likely the last year of the Pac-12? Uh so I, I, I forgot. There was a headline that I never explored where Klievkov was saying, "Not so fast." You know, the, 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 the rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Saying the Pac-12 is going to We could fine. do a like, "Is the Pac-12 dead?" story literally every day. Between like all of the <laughs> yeah. competing rumors, but like, so, uh, we'll them. I, uh, I, I mean, but, 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 okay, but the, the, the timing? What's the, the timing on that? About to go to the Big Twelve. No, no, no look, about I, I, I feel you that it sucks that finally the Pac-12 looks like competitive top to bottom, interest top yeah. to bottom, and it's about to all break up in a lot of ways. But uh, I. You know, I, like, I, I guess I haven't really explored how do these contracts work with the playoffs. Like, you can't just dissolve them just because USC and UCLA are leaving, right? They still get their automatic bid. Depending on when these 2024 contracts, how far it runs, they're not going to go away. Uh, Oregon's all in on the Pac-12. It's actually probably one of the reasons why. They're like, uh, what? We get an automatic bid and uh, we only have to go against Washington uh, and Wazoo and Oregon State. Okay, like it's, yeah, it's not easy. What happens, to do that. What happens with, with Arizona, Arizona State, and Colorado pick up and go to the, Pac- or to the Big 12? I forgot the fourth oh, uh, one. Uh, let, let's see. Gonna I mean, let's you're you're going to survive with six teams? Well, I, so point. again, again, I'm not a lawyer. I haven't read those deals. Like, if you if you do lose those teams, then do you, does some clause kick in and you're removed from your automatic bid? Because otherwise, again, like this whole playoff setup as we know it now, the whole 12 team setup has built in bids for the power power five, right? So yeah. it it feels very dead. The, ba- the balance, the balance, see, Bob is: Do you want an automatic bid to the playoffs, or do you want 40 more million dollars per year? No, I get that. I get that. But I'm talking about just what yeah. needs to happen to, to cause the actual dis- yeah. like uh, dilution, d- dis- dissolution, dissolution of the Pac-12. Yeah. And, and I just yeah. don't know. I, but but it does feel like long term that it will die, right? I mean, yeah. the, the the brands that are up for grabs and and somebody like Oregon can go anywhere they want at any time. They, they, they can stick with the Pac-12 until they no longer need the Pac-12 or 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 the, the revenue uh, becomes 
the revenue gap becomes too much of an issue. So, yeah, over time. But but I don't know that that's in like our immediate future. Maybe. Oh, it is. Uh, what 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 a lot of this conversation is telling me, though, Aaron, is that we are living in some. Uh, um, uncertain football times, some uncertain college football times. You know, you, you have guys who have been in this game for an entire lifetime and they look around and they don't recognize the landscape anymore. And one of those guys is Nick Saban, who kind of continued his Aryan of Grievances tour, as Brum uh, called it in our pre-production meeting, where – he, he went first on uh, – he, he was talking about the scheduling model, and I don't know how you give us Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU, which obviously everyone knows how it ends up like that. Um, and now he's saying that he just really hates the pay-for-play model of college football nowadays, that he, that, that, that he hates it. They're having to get money from um, uh, boosters and everything, mm-hmm. and, and, and that he would much prefer – an NFL model, if that's what people want. What he would actually want, so this here's what Nick Saban is saying when you read about it. He wants college football to go back to what it's always been, okay? I, I think he always, he always throws like a little tagline in at the end of these quotes that lets you know that that's what he wants. But he also lets you know, I'm acknowledging the truth of the situation. Like, that is not going to happen. Nick Saban's proposed solution is one where I think he's right, but the timeline on it is, and and the legal red tape is so incredibly complicated that I do have questions about whether or not there would be enough motivation and kind of momentum behind it to ever do the legwork that would need to be done. Nick Saban wants to go to NFL model. He wants to make students school employees. That comes with like collective bargaining agreements. That comes with um, uh, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like what you, which yeah, or kind of one like they go hand in hand, right? A, a union and a CBA yep. do. Um, it, it it means potential salary cap, right? Because right now you can't cap nil because the second you do, there's antitrust laws coming out the ass. The way you get around that is with making them employees, et cetera, et cetera. So, I, I again, I think that is what is probably best for college football. But um, I don't know that I find it very realistic that they'll ever be able to accomplish that. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely won't be anytime soon if they do. I think his, his big thing, in, in which I've harped on a bunch, but now you, 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 you like it because Nick Saban said it. Didn't come no, out of my mouth. no, no, no. Aaron, yes, shut yes, up. Yes, shut yes, up. Yes, shut yes, up. No, yes, no. Yes, he offered yes, a solution. Yes. All you ever do is no, complain I did too. I said to solve no, I said dissolve these these essentially entities that collect money to give to the players for doing nothing. That that, that was my solution. Yeah, like but that's not them. a solution. No, that's not a solution. That's that not is a solution, solution at all. Get rid of that them. How's that not a solution? Get rid of them. No, Get rid of them. Players. What, what are we all bitch? What, what was? What did we? What did we? What did Nick Saban complain about last offseason? That there was entities being formed in which money was being funneled. Yes, it, it's a loophole, but being yeah. funneled to these players. For purposes that were not intended to be anything to involve your name, image, and likeness, it was just more of pay for play. That's what it is. It is. It was dissolving play, pay those entities play. is not a solution because it's it unrealistic. Transforming all of that into an employee setup with collectively bargained agreements, yes. unions, that's a solution. You're an old man yelling at the clouds. The actual old man is the one doing some forward thinking about what could be done. Yeah, because. Yes, it's it's good to put those out that out there. What he said, but like you said, and like I just agreed, that ain't gonna happen anytime mm-hmm. soon. So, like, what can happen in the immediate future is you can create rules in which you you essentially limit the involvement of a the university involved with any way that these players can get paid. You know, there's ways that these you know some universities are trying to push the limit. A&M is another great example. It feels like anytime there's some sort of movement on the NIL front, Texas A&M is there. Now they allow their fund where you can go to the 12th man fund and say, I want my money to go here or I want my money to go to NIL. And the NCAA and, and is like, wait, listen, you cannot as a university or someone affiliated with a university be involved at all with paying players. They came out with that last week to make sure that it's reiterated. There needs to be a direct line. Well, we all know these. This is right after the Florida. This is right after though the Florida legislature just legally yes. passed the ability for coaches yes. to be directly involved in creating yes. these NIL deals. It's a mess. It's a mess. It is a complete mess. So, to me, that's an easier cleanup than worrying about how do we make the student athletes an employee of the university. 
Am I, am I wrong? Like, how that, that would take years and years and years if that ever happened. This Bro, is an no, easier no, solution no, no, if you're no, trying no, to clean no, it up. No, 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 no. Yes, it's it, not it, a solution it, it, because, it, it, like you said, money is like water. Okay, it finds a way. And 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 we even did talk about this too, right? Like, Money okay, would still find go, a way, and even Nick so, Saban's so, way. So, as okay, well. so exactly. So that that is the other dirty truth in our, our dirty kind of side point, and all this is like you alluded to, Aaron. Like, college football is dirty. Does any of it? That's well, it. does any of it? It's does dirty. any of it matter? It's dirty because if you if, if you do unionize and you do become employees and you collectively bargain stuff, well, you're still going to have the ability to benefit off your name, image, and likeness. So. You're still going to be get that money as well. So, like, this is so. So maybe you know what? Maybe the NFL model doesn't solve it either. Maybe this is just a Pandora's box that's been opened, and there's just no way to close it. And that's where I'm kind of at odds with myself because I want players to be paid. I don't want them to be capped. Um, but I, I, I will think the current the, the model setup- is the the model the model that he proposes is 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 more sustainable. I talked to a significant donor the other day who gives a lot of money for NIL. And he's like, dude, I'm honestly sick of it already. Like I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all the talk. I'm sick of X collective coming to me, asking me for more money. Cause we have to go get another place. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm done paying him. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. There's going to be a point where these big time donors, while they want to support their university, also are mostly smart business men and women that don't want to continuously pay six figures every year to 18 year old kids. And we talked about this three weeks ago because we gave the data that was done on quarterbacks that end up transferring a year later. Like you ask the booster, give me six figures. I got to go pay this top quarterback a year later. He transfers like at some point, you're going to have a bad taste in your mouth. I'm already talking to some that do have a bad taste in their mouth that said, no more, cut me out. I'm done with this. That model, why it may seem attractive now, is not sustainable. This is not old man talk here, T. Bob. This is just model wise. It's just not going to last. No, no, no. Look, look. So, so in this, we are in agreement. It does not feel sustainable right now. It also does not feel good for the health of college football in the long run. And, and again, I say it at war with myself because I don't want this money to be taken out of players' pockets. Uh, but. What I'm worried about is maybe a bit different than what you're worried about. And 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 it's a bit of a forecast, so maybe I'm wrong on this. But like what I see looking into the future is a further um, centralization of power, right? Like a further, uh, the, the, the wealth gap continuing to grow where I feel like there's already such a, concentration of power in college football when you look at the teams that actually have a chance of winning a national championship and i feel like this is only going to exacerbate all of that like the rich are going to get richer the poor are going to get poorer and in a sport where if we're now now look college football is huge and it's growing so i don't so this may sound a bit odd to say but i think if you were to look at like long-term forecasts on the sport probably the biggest impediment to growth would be the increasing regionalization of the sport. We're like only the Southeast cares about it. And because of NIL, that emotional um, investment turns into monetary investment, which in furthers all the gaps that we just talked about. So you're talking about a furthering of the concentration of power, a furthering of the regionalization, less and less fan bases that feel like their team actually has a chance. And I think in the long term, that leads to a few communities being hyper excited about the sport, but much of the country being left out or kind of caring about it on a more casual level. Like if you ever really want to start to achieve like NFL type of viewership numbers and things like that, which maybe that's an impossible goal for college football, but I'm sure it's what their leaders would like to think about one day doing. Uh, I, I, I think you have to figure out some way of making more teams competitive and obviously an NIL model with a with a a salary cap and some sort of super league um which seem to be potential answers to that uh i just uh, yeah like we said it's it's tough to sit here today and feel like there will ever be a much momentum or organization or anything to get something like that done well football just needs its own leadership that's it just like football makes the money football the fact that we have all these guys and gals in charge that have to worry about everything else, the Olympic sports, 
baseball, basketball, and nothing against those sports. Like, good, focus on them. But football is the money generator. Football brings in more money than anything else. And probably everything else combined, it's still probably more. Yeah. Why don't we have a group just focus on that? Like their day-to-day only revolves around football, football, football. How can we make the sport better? That's all they care yeah. about. They don't care about anything else. That's what we need. It yeah. is. It is. Put us, you know what makes NFL put us so on good? That, put put makes, snaps on that team. We'll get it done. Put okay? us on there. You know what makes NFL so good? <laughs> because that's they. It is. It is turned into 365. All they do, yeah. there's there's shows, there's news, there's people working on how do we make this this game better. And how now we make it better just in the United States, but how do we make it better around the entire world as they continue to grow and take the NFL to like Germany and obviously England and stuff like that? Like that's all they're focused on. College football, why it might not make the same amount of money as the NFL, makes a shitload of money. So let's yeah. focus on how do we put a group together to focus only on that. I love it. They put, Aaron it in charge. they put Aaron in charge of the group. He's like, all right, guys, day one. You know what we're gonna we're gonna stop pay for play, and they're like, "Oh, perfect, great, yeah, okay, how?" Uh, yeah, well, that's kind of what uh, y'all are here for. That's yeah, yeah, yeah we're gonna ban collectives. Uh, what ban about the massive resource investment of somehow trying to stop boosters from giving money, but they're still allowed to give money, but they can't give jail. money in this way? How do you? Oh, yeah, okay, you know Get what? Actually, yes. Hell yeah, give this man dictatorial powers right now and he'll clean up those streets, dude. <laughs> put him in, put him in jail. jail. Take away their take away their ticket privileges. They can't go to any football games as long as you continue to do the nonsense on the side. Um, no, old, I'm just here. I'm just here to facilitate big topics and they can boosters, get into the Yes, leader. there we go. <laughs> Probably we're <laughs> in the exact same page there. Should boosters go to jail? Yes. My favorite yes. thing to do is to put the dumbest poll questions I can pop, like a hypothetical questions that need so much context to understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a weird thing, right? Nick Saban is maybe correct about what could be the best path forward. It's a path forward that I don't know how realistic it is, but it's one that I hope is explored because me and Aaron both agree for kind of different reasons that this current setup is probably not good for the long-term health of mm -hmm. the game. Uh, Greg Hendricks, what kind of money would you guys made if you played? I guarantee you, I would have made more money playing football than I have made probably my entire adult life. Or it would it, it, it be damn close. Now, Aaron played in the NFL, so that's a completely different thing, right? But like, I would be making yeah, uh, likely more money. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying like you're just like, oh, I've got crazy, but I'm saying like, I don't know if that no, holds no, no. true for you, what I said. Like, I would make more money probably playing college football than I make mm -hmm. now. Maybe not. Maybe not. I, I, you know, ever I think I, I think I would. I think I would have made probably the same salary that I made in my first two years. Damn. So if I, so I only played in the league for three years, so I mean, yeah, I would have made more money as a four-year starter than I would have, you know, my three years in the NFL. And no, uh, Aaron, I think you would have been like one of the apex predators of NIL because you went yeah. Georgia hadn't won a national title yet. You were a like bona fide college football star, and you like. You projected well into the NFL, but like you would have, you no one is expecting you to be like a like a top five pick. So yeah. like, I think you were the perfect storm of like nil money. Yeah, and he's beautiful. He does yeah. have that face. He clean have that cut, face slapped on there. Yeah, clean cut. He's a dirty bastard, but not publicly. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. There's some public shit out there. Bad. <laughs> um. Oh, what companies would have people. targeted you? Andy J says, uh, Thomas Harris says, Team, I would have had an AMR deal or a raw shop. Yeah, you're probably right on both counts there, Thomas. Um, yeah, probably what I would have had going for me was, uh, y'all all know I'm a beneficiary of nepotism and people in the state love my father. And so I always had a bit more profile than I ever really deserved simply because of my last name. And so uh, I think I would have made more money than the average O-lineman. Though never forget the highest rated player on LSU on NCAA 2012 is your boy with a 93. Tyron Matthew, who Were you get really? the hell out of here. Yep, 93. You know, what am I going to say? Good for you. Dude? I know. I know. Good for you, badass.
Yeah. Too bad all that got me was like $4,000 from that Ed O'Bannon case, which yeah, I what, was fresh out of college and that was incredible. Yeah. Uh, that was like yeah, one of yeah. the best days ever. Have they come out, have they come out what they're going to pay the kids? Uh, I have not. Have that's anything? another thing that stresses me out. Brum, you're probably more on top of it than I am. They're, they have not announced how they're paying the kids and Conspiracy Brum thinks that is the main delay in the video game. Which is now summer 2024. Because what each NFL guy got 10K, and that is obviously NFL, the Madden is going to make more than NCAA football. I just don't know how much you're going to pay. You have more people to play. Yeah, Yeah, that's also weird because, like, you, um, that's again where Saban's setup is superior, right? Because you go to the players' union, you bargain out, you're good to go. How do you even legally strike a deal here? Do you only do portions of the no, roster? Do you only do like the starters? Like no, you, what you do is it's it's through. And you should know because you there's some group, of these deals, right? Yeah, there's there's a group called the Brand R Group, which is it's essentially just group licensing rights to a lot of this. Where you you, you do you put a paper in front of the, in front of the kids and say we can represent you on certain deals that that involve the entire football team. Huh. Okay. So you're making, but they're still making a ton of individual deals. There's no NCAA student athlete no, body. No, 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 they're no. going, and okay. it's not like this group is representative of all universities. I think they're growing, and the goal is to obviously get to the point where you have all of them, and, and you kind of essentially run the group licensing to these student athletes. But it's still a long way away. Like I'm with Brom. Like I don't think that's a conspiracy. I think that is the main issue right now. Is figuring out how the hell we're going to pay every single kid. I mean, they have talked a big game about how, like, they're trying to get the transfer portal right in Dynasty mode and, like, how to make it, like, feel like NCAA, like they're not just going to reskin men in college uniforms, but I I, uh, I have faith. I have faith it's not going to be – no, 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 no. Now you're just being too cynical, Brum. You're being way Maybe. too cynical here. Certainly. Um, it's certainly plausible. They know how much is riding on this NCAA game. Okay, like if they're going to get one thing right, they're going to get the pageantry right. Maybe they won't on a year-to-year basis, but that's why they're spending so long on this. It's not just the uh, it, it, it's not just figuring out the money side of things. Like they want to make sure to have all the stadiums, all the chants, all that. I take all of that at face value. I think they're working incredibly hard to figure out dynasty mode, right? Where when you're talking about dynasty mode, you got to have an NIL kind of management mini game now where you're committing resources to that. You got to have transfer portal uh, recruiting along with formal yeah. recruiting. So if you've ever wanted to feel like an overwhelmed college coach who has to blow a bunch of teens, now is your chance coming <laughs> summer 2024. Justin Raj says, wow, just started from the beginning. The guy on the left is very smart, is he? I'm going to assume you're talking about my left, which would be Aaron. And, yeah, I agree with you, dude. He's just – he's pretty. But he's pretty <laughs> I know. He is yeah, yeah, one, one of the two things. That's why I married a smart woman. <laughs> hey, hell yeah. Congrats, Aaron. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> Blake Walter says Texo line making 50k a year, right? Yeah, that was last I saw in that story that was previous to last season, but just being a Texas scholarship O lineman was netting you $50,000 a year. Like, do you know what what I would have done with $50,000 a year in college? Oh, I'm kind of glad I didn't God. have it. I would mm. probably for the best. Probably yeah, for the best. best. Um, I would have had a chain though. Would you have had a chain? I've not ever been a chain guy, but if I had money, I'd probably want like one chain. It's like give me just maybe one chain. Not not now, but in college, I would have been down probably. I just would have liked a nice car, and I had a nice I car, am. but I would have liked a nice little Jeep. That's a little Jeep would have been nice. Run around nice Athens, little, little two door, top down. Which the one of the wildest parts of the Jalen Carter story, which was all very intense to talk about was I had no idea that Jeep made an SUV that is essentially a sports car. Uh, that that Jeep He's that Carter Wagoneer? had is $100,000 and goes 0 to 60 in like three seconds. It's called it's a, a Jeep. Uh, uh, no, it's a Jeep. It looks like a freaking Jeep. Not like a Jeep Wrangler, but it looks like a Jeep like midsize SUV, and it goes super so the fast. Wagoneer? The uh, Wagoneer? Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Look, Jeep Cherokee Trackhawk. It's got a Hellcat oh. V8 motor in it. I don't know anything about cars, Ooh. but apparently it looks like uh, not that. It, to me, it doesn't look that tight. It looks like a 
kind of crappy Jeep midsize SUV, but it goes like a million miles an hour, 700 horsepower. Um, insanity. Uh, Andy Ooh. J. T. Bob would have gotten face tattoos. <laughs> Bro, I don't have any tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. I think I, 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 if I would have made the NFL, I would have a very colorful full sleeve of tattoos, but it would have been all like Lord of the Rings and like Gears of War and all my nerdy my, my, stuff. My son did come up to me for the first. My son did come up to me for the first time the other night and goes, "What is that, Dada?" Because I was getting ready to go in the shower and he's like pointing at my tattoo of my son, I'm like nothing that you want little man don't do it don't don't do it stay away hey if you ever get to stay at home dad um status can you commit here on snaps that you'll do a full dan landing portrait of sharon on your love handle <laughs> yeah <laughs> go she ahead and make a public raises. promise right if she now. keeps getting raises i'll just put a nice big picture of her to like yeah. Is my territory like you ain't leaving me today's episode of snaps is brought to you by sharon's career it allows Aaron to just just do snaps and nothing else. Sharon's career, more Aaron, more Sharon. Oh my God! Yeah, go. yeah. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, exactly. That's that um, literally is my goal in life. I, I honestly told her that today to her face. I was like, I would love nothing more than to do snaps and be a state home dad. So keep kicking ass, baby. Keep kicking ass. Bob Rutherford says I read an article that said that Georgia isn't a blue blood. I think it was Josh Pate. What do you think? No. I mean, what, they're not a blue blood because they like didn't win Natty's forever? Because I feel like they've always been one of the main brands of college football. But I guess like if if, if you had to win pre-segregation or pre-integration, then maybe not, right? Like, no, I mean, think about it. Like when you think about blue bloods, it's all teams that used to win like back when it was only white. It's like it's like Texas and like uh, Penn State. Or teams like, that Notre were good because they figured out, hey, let's – Let's integrate faster, like Alabama and yeah, USC. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes, yeah, but, yes, but just, exactly. Do you consider Penn State a blue bud? Like, I to me, the blue buds are Alabama, Texas, USC, Ohio State. All right, we just picked tomorrow's show. What is a blue blood? We're doing a blue blood draft tomorrow's show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, dude. Okay. Top ten blue bloods. Blue blood draft. Is it sounds a little. Yeah, I know. Sound, we we need to work on our title. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's uh, it sounds vaguely racist. Yes, uh, the blue blood. Not, it's like it's like so. yeah. It's a classic. I don't know why we're being problematic, but we might be. I don't know. I'm sure someone on the internet will tell us how. Oh, this is a good point by Tom. You say Sharon like Randy Marsh every time you speak to your wife. Sharon. Sharon. My favorite Randy Marsh moment is the episode where he gets very into cooking, and then he's like, the "I cook fresh episode." You gotta do well, and then he's like, I cook the meal. You got to do the dishes. And it's just like, because that is the biggest load of bullshit ever. Cooking is fun. Cooking is enjoyable. If you cook, you do the dishes. Okay. That's the bottom line. Like it, yep. it, it, it's ridiculous. It's don't, don't, don't cook for me and then want me to do the dishes. I and actively disagree, but this is a whole other podcast. That is, that is so stupid, Brum. How do you actively disagree? How do you actively, you think cleaning is fun? Cooking is fun. It's ridiculous. I, I enjoy cleaning the dishes. I do. I actually clean the dishes when I cook and when I don't cook. It's just kind of like it is my role within the household. I do the dishes I as it. I'm cleaning the. Um, I do the dishes as I'm as I'm cooking, like like yes. as I'm yeah, cooking. I try to present it. Yeah, so it's done. Yeah, and you 100%. have you always have some downtime. You make the mess. You clean the mess. Troy Guerrero gets it. Thank you, Brum. Yep. Obviously, we got to teach you how to be uh, an adult functioning human being. Jesus, mm. yeah, it's so crazy. I'm just trying to help out people. Nobody wants it. Um, hey, do you have the Lane Kevin video ready to go, Brum? We obviously cannot run that. We obviously can't. We can't run with sound. Oh, wait, we can't. Oh, because it's got uh, uh can you, okay, don't don't give it to me with sound. Just the way out here. This is a can you give it to me? I don't have sound? it because I, I Oh damn it. My we'll bad. do it tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow yeah, we're good. tomorrow. We'll do it good. tomorrow. It's a perfect tomorrow fodder. Um everybody go look up the video that old miss and Lane Kiffin. You want to talk about leaning into your strengths? Old miss and Lane Oof. Kiffin leaning into their brand, leaning in to their strengths. Oh, I hey. do have, I do have one check. Greg Hendricks in the chat. Yeah. Sorry, T. Bob, and yes, lean, oh, we'll lean into those strengths. Lean into those <laughs> strengths. Uh, hey, Aaron, was Georgia the first school to offer you? No, they um, they were not. They're late. They, Coach Bobo was a little hardball on me. He made me throw in front of him like three or four times before I got that offer. Bobo, 
Co- Bobo I negged you boys. into being in love with him. You're like a hot girl at the bar, and he told you that your hair was bad. And you're like, ah, oh, why would he say Dude, that? Everybody loves my the hair. The amount of times that Bobo told me that I later. sucked, That's or what I didn't, I'm deserve a, didn't deserve a scholarship, or that I was yes. going to get benched, was like every week. And then, like, even though you have all these other guys talking to the bar, they're like, oh, you look great. You go back up to Bobo and you're like, why'd you say my fucking hair was bad? Uh, Like, why'd you say that? (laughs) And then he does, like, a magic trick and he has a top hat on. And next thing you know, he's banging you. Mm. Uh, It's so sad. Works every time. Watch VH1's (laughs) The Pickup Artist. Uh, Look, y'all have a great day. We love you. Shout out. uh, Volume Sports uh, for having us. YouTube.com slash the volume uh go ahead and like the post subscribe to the channel thank you to FanDuel promo code snaps huge thank you to our wonderful uh snaps crew uh Ryan Brumley um uh, Paul Farrington Pat Gunner Adam Gracia Danny Cardenas and a huge thank you to everybody who hangs out with us here in the chat and listens every single day please help us continue to spread the good word we love you and we'll see you tomorrow for a little to be named blue blood college football draft later y'all If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.